Success stories and interviews with game changers and thought leaders who have overcome both in life and in business. Welcome to Vertical Momentum. The man, the myth, and the legend, Mr. JLD. Richard, how are you doing today? Brother, I'm so grateful. I'm so humbled and truly honored. First of all, to be able to talk to another tanker, because there's not many of us around. But I just, guys, this is going to be a great episode. Uh, this is going to be mind blowing. I get, he's going to drop 15 minutes of power on us. He's John Lee Dumas. He is the man, the myth, the legend, somebody I look up to. He is somebody that has changed my whole life within the last 90 days. His podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, is truly on fire. I can't get enough of it. I'm, I'm, I'm just listening to it every day. And your books are truly amazing. Brother, I know you've been on a lot of podcasts. So I got one question to ask you before we start. Hit me with it. What is the one question you wish you would be asked, but nobody ever asked you that question? What is something you've changed your mind about over the last six months? Hmm. Okay. So, so tell us something that you have pivoted over in the last. <laughs> so something I've changed my mind about in the last six months is that I am now. convinced that the future lies on the blockchain. I did not believe that six months ago. I didn't disbelieve it, but I now am 100% convinced that's the future. Now, is it changing with you? Because, I mean, especially you living in Puerto Rico, um, is it changing? What are you learning about blockchain and why have you become so convinced? Just that it's the best, most efficient and effective way to keep records. And if like you just think over time, like why did we start writing back in the day? Because it was a way to keep records. Our brains can only keep up so much. And when you could start writing, you could start keeping records. You could start really doing some interesting things like storing wealth. People could pass down real estate to each other and land and ownership of things. And so to me, it's just obvious that's what the blockchain is going to bring, a ledger that we are going to be able to go to that is 100% true. I love it. So can you tell our viewers and, and our nation, VM Nation, can you tell us, give us a quick down and dirty about who you are and why you are the man you are today? Well, I grew up in Maine, just a country boy from a very small town in southern Maine. Went to college on an Army ROTC scholarship. Then I became an officer in the U.S. Army for eight years as an armor tank commander. So uh, thank you, Richard, for your service as well. And, you know, I I will say I still live by this mantra, death before dismount. Yeah. Every day. (laughs) Now, where did you go to basic or or, uh, OSIT? So Fort Lewis, Washington is where officers go for a uh, officer training. And then I went to Fort Knox, Kentucky for my armor training, my tank training. And then I spent 13 months in Iraq. And that was my real world um, combat tank experience. And that was very intense for all the obvious reasons. I was in Fallujah, Aramadi, Habaniya, some of the hot spots for sure. And then after the army, I kind of uh, tried a bunch of different things in the traditional world with corporate finance, commercial real estate, law, with law school. None of it clicked with me. Just wasn't a fam. And it wasn't until 2012, so almost a decade ago, 
that I said, you know what? I'm going to launch the first daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. Nobody had a clue what I was talking about when I told them. And here we are almost a decade later, 3,000 episodes later, over a hundred million listens to date, many of which it sounds like Richard's been been a, a listener of. And it's been a great journey and I'm having a blast. And, you know, and one thing I love about you is you're just open and honest and you're like, you know, every other guy, you're not, you know, you're not stuck up. So I guess you still have a little bit of that tanker uh, still left in you. You know, but I'm a now- believer, Richard, in being humble is being happy. And for me, I'm the same person that I was in 2012. I'm the same person that I was in 2003 when I was in Iraq. I'm the same person that I was in, you know, 1992 when I was, you know, entering junior high school as a country bumpkin. I'm the same person. So be humble, be happy. But now, you know, for me, you know, I'm a recovering addict and also um, a suicide survivor. And I believe in that we sometimes you just have to make a decision to change your life. So talk to us about that time in Iraq when you had to use something really, really bad happened and you had to make a decision about the rest of your life. You didn't want to stay in it anymore. You had to get a really intense time. And my heart goes out to you, brother. I've, I've personally dealt with severe PTSD myself. So I know the depths of depression. I know what it's like to go through PTSD and, you know, unless you've experienced it, you know, other people can't really understand what you're going through who have never experienced it. You know, only those who have really understood and gone through something like that know what it's like to be in the depths of that kind of situation in life. And for me, you know, it did all start with that very traumatic experience of four of my 16 soldiers gave the ultimate sacrifice over the course of my 13 month tour of duty. And it was really me standing at the coffins of these four soldiers throughout my 13 months and really knowing that these young kids, you know, they were 18, 20, 27 years old. These kids were never going to be able to live life. The, The life that they had before them had just disappeared in a moment. And I committed in that moment that, you know, I knew I wasn't going to have a straight path to success, but I knew that I was, going to have the courage to not accept a life that was less than I was capable of living. And I didn't even know what that meant at that time. And, you know, over the years, I I still, you know, have struggled to understand exactly what that means. But what I did know with certainty that it wasn't law school. So I was able to quit. It wasn't corporate finance. So I was able to quit. It wasn't commercial real estate. I was able to quit. And all those times took a lot of courage because, you know, there was a lot of reasons not to quit those things, but then I would have just been an, another unhappy person living out, you know, an, an unhappy life. And I wasn't willing to do that. And it all can be traced back to that. So that's, and part of, you know, I love your story is when you said you, you got your first big commercial deal and your first check and you're like, okay, is this it? There's got to be something more to life than just this. Is, is it? Am I going to be stuck for the rest of my life doing this? So what what was your first steps in starting your podcast? What was the reasoning? The first step was, what do I want to exist in the world that doesn't? What's something that I feel is missing in the podcasting space that I can fulfill? What's a void that I can step into? And when I started asking those type of questions, it became pretty obvious. I wished 
and complained about the fact that there wasn't a daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. I wanted that show to exist and it didn't exist. So I said, you know what? I'm going to be the person that steps into that void and creates that show. And I didn't even know what that was going to look like. I didn't know what the next step was. I just knew that that was going to be what I was going to do. And then from that point, I just took one step at a time. And as Martin Luther King is known to say, you don't need to see the whole staircase to take that first step. Uh, you know, and I truly love that. And I got to say, there's three people that I, I podcast, I do not miss an episode of. And I'm trying to be amalgamation of all of them. You, Mr. Ed Milet, and Gary Vaynerchuk. You guys are always providing value. Um, so now, why do you think veterans can do good things or great things in the civilian world? There's one thing that veterans are fantastic at, and that's discipline. That's having the ability to be a disciple to a plan of action. I can tell you, I was shocked, Richard, when I became an entrepreneur at how undisciplined every other entrepreneur that I, that I ran into was. I mean, they were just so shocked that I would have the audacity to launch a daily podcast. They're like, how do you even do that? How could that even be possible? And I'm like, well, wait a second. You just need a little discipline. And when you're an officer in the U.S. Army, you realize that you will win a battle and win a war or lose a battle or lose a war based off how great or terrible your discipline is. With discipline, anything is possible. So I disciplined myself to create a system that was going to allow me to do a daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. And then I just simply executed that discipline, that system, that plan. And it really is that simple. Now it's simple. It's not easy. It was hard flipping work. But guess what? Once I had my marching orders, I just put my head down and I marched. A lot of people used to say, oh my God, we've got to do a rucksack march of 17 miles tonight. That's impossible. But guess what? You put one foot in front of the other. And when the sun rises, you've done 17 miles, period. And that's how I looked at every day with my entrepreneurial and podcasting journey, one so, step at a time. So what do you think is missing in the veteran podcast niche? I'd have to think about it. You know, I've never given it any thought, but it's one of those things that I know there's a lot of things missing in it. And the person that wants to fill that void needs to sit down and say, what do I complain about? What do I think is an underserved place in this niche, in this industry? And then fill that void. And, you know, I think one thing that you're, I got both of your books and I'm devouring them both. Um, and one thing really helped me out was figuring out who my avatar was. And I think that's the most important thing that I've ever heard anybody talk about. So can you talk about your specific avatar and what his name is? I actually laughed out loud when I read it. But uh, talk to us about niching down to your avatar. And to this day, I have no idea where his name came from either. Like it just literally was me sitting down and just the first name that came to mind, I wrote it down. And I said, <laughs> you know what? My ideal avatar, my perfect listener of my podcast is Jimmy. 
He's 41 years old. He has two kids, ages three and five. He drives to work every single morning. It's a 25-minute commute to work. He sits down at an office job that he does not like and works for eight hours, and he drives home. He has a little traffic jam on the way home, so he has 35-minute commute home. Then he gets home. He plays with his kids, has dinner with his family, puts his kids to bed, has a little uh, quality time with a wifey, and then sits on the couch at the end of the day by himself and says, why? Why am I spending 90% of my waking hours doing things I don't even enjoy doing? And I can keep going on and on, but for time purposes, I won't. But a long story short is every decision I've made about growing entrepreneurs on fire has been for Jimmy. He's my North Star. And I just say, what would Jimmy want? And that is the direction I take my company, my podcast. I love it. So the last question, because I know you got a lot of, a lot of stuff to do today. Um, what top three pieces of, uh, of advice would you give to somebody starting out in business today, 2021? The first three chapters of my book, the first three steps of my 17-step roadmap, identify a big idea, discover the niche within that idea that is a void in the marketplace, and then create your ideal avatar, who is your perfect customer, client, consumer of your content, of your product, and that's steps one, two, and three. I love it. So what, what is on the horizon for you coming up? I am living that Martin Luther King Jr. quote. I'm taking one step at a time. The next step is revealing itself. I do not know what the horizon holds for me, but I'm looking forward to it. And I'm really amazed uh, when, you, when I was listening to an interview when you were talking about how your house um, is is so uh, solar paneled and how you get eight gallons of water every day. <laughs> I think that is truly amazing. And I think that's something that we really should start looking at in America. Don't you think so? Absolutely. Self-sustainability is key. So uh, something to think about. All right, JLD brother. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so honored. Thank you for all the help you've given me. And whether you're like I told you before, you're mentoring me. And I just want to say thank you for being a mentor and also a friend. I received that brother. Thank you very much. Enjoy our conversation. Keep up the heat. All right, brother. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.